Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben Harbauer and welcome to another episode of the Film Fireside Chat Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we bring on a guest to discuss their favorite movie by the warmth of the fire. we got another fantastic episode planned for you all this week, so let's get right into it. Everyone, please welcome this episode's guest, Hudson Tafalski. Hudson, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hudson, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know? Uh, I go to school here at BG. Uh, I'm a construction management major. Play some rugby here. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Big movie guy, too. Big movie guy. Big movie guy. So, today should be a very interesting episode, Hudson, because you chose the 2019 movie Joker. Mm-hmm. Great, great movie. I remember seeing it in theaters my freshman year of college. Yeah, I saw it with my family when it first came out. I remember it was, I was taking a Batman class here at BG because it was like one of those intro classes to get you like in the groove of things at college. And we actually, he was like, the university is providing you with tickets to see it. So I remember it very vividly going to see it. And it was fantastic. Yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters. The first time was something else. I think I'd only seen it one time too. I don't remember ever rewatching it. So it was really nice to rewatch this movie. So I'm glad you chose it. Uh, but also for our beautiful audio listeners, uh, this podcast will contain spoilers for the movie. Some people don't really care about that, but for those who do care, you've been warned. Uh, and also, if you haven't seen the movie, do yourself a favor and watch it. Yeah, it's, go watch it. It, it is a great movie. It is worth it. It's on HBO Max right now. Um, but yeah, watch the movie if you haven't, because it's a really good movie. But if you have, stick around. So Hudson, uh, if someone asked you about what the Joker was about, how would you describe this movie to them? All right, so in the movie, we, for, I think for the first time ever in cinema, we actually are given a name of what the Joker is. Uh, yeah. In, the, in this movie, it's Arthur Fleck. So for I know for the Batman with um, Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. they give him a name, I believe it was Jack Rapier, but this is the first time we really see him like in detail as a human. Yeah. Because like, he's like a human in the Batman with uh, Michael Keaton for like, and he's like a gangster. Yeah, before. but we see him as like a human in this society in Gotham. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and uh, you, it's like it's just a movie, basically of his character de- development and his like development into insanity and realizing his background, his mother's background. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like something that people didn't really think about. I'm sure like avid comic fans, like you know. Big fans of Batman comics would kind of know, but I feel like it was a background that hadn't been too thoroughly explored. Mm-hmm. With how big of a character he is, we really don't know. That I would say time. that Joker is probably the most popular DC villain, if not one of the most popular comic book villains of all time. Yeah, I'd go even far as to say he's one of the most popular like villains of all time. Well known for sure. So doing this backstory, I think, really like it only benefits like DC more than others because it's like insane. So, going off that a little bit after kind of introducing it, why did you choose the Joker for your movie? So, like like you said, we're kind of movie buffs, mm-hmm. and uh, like all the elements like just hit the mark. Like the cinematography of this movie is just beautiful. Oh. Like there's so many shots that are like you can just take a still of it and make it a poster. Like it's it's just beautiful. A lot of really nice like long takes. I remember the intro sequence where they just have him kind of just like going in like while he's doing the face makeup and then also the scene where he's following Sophie mm-hmm. and it's just like that really long take from a distance. We see him walk and we just stay on that shot as he's just like pacing. You don't get closer. It's just like a long way. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the way they depict Gotham as just being like a rundown city, like the rich they are getting richer and the poorer are just getting spat on basically. and it's before like batman too so yeah. we show we're shown that like gotham has always kind of been a shithole mm-hmm. almost 
And the cool thing about, about DC and the way they do cities, like the way cities are described, like a Gotham is a type of city. A metropolis is a type of city. So it's kind of cool that they name them their cities off of what their cities are. And I think it's cool, too, that they do that because you go to like Marvel, for example. And I, I mean, we can make like the Marvel DC claims all day, but that's for a different thing. <laughs> but uh, Marvel like actually sets them in cities. And DC does this thing where they're just like, you know, they make them like Metropolis and Gotham, where it's like people from different cities can see their own city in what's yeah. being shown on the screen. So it gives you kind of that like, you know, real life comparison. Exactly. Like yeah. someone from like Chicago can see some of their things from like Gotham. But then again, some people from New York can also see some of their mm-hmm. like themselves in Gotham. Yeah, I think I think the Dark Knight was filmed in Chicago. Yeah. And I know that like the uh, most of the time Gotham has been seen in Chicago. I think this one. And um, the new Batman movie, mm-hmm. uh, both of them kind of like display Gotham as like a New York kind of thing. Well, I feel like other like Batman movies have displayed it as almost like Chicago kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then also you're a huge DC fan I yourself. Am. So I think that was a pretty good selection because yeah. not only is it a fantastic movie, but with, with all the DC elements in there. Too. Oh, yeah. That just stirs it up. But and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, which we'll, we'll touch on later. But oh, yeah. Just personally. I think this is the greatest acting I've ever seen. Like in one of the scenes, he's he's smiling, like right after he got fired, and like you can see like the pain and anger behind his eyes. Yeah, I forgot. As he's putting a giant smile on his face, like I've never personally seen that like acted out before. And it works so well with like the audio of it because while he's doing that painful smile, we Mm. just almost get this like you know high pitched sound that's just like eerie violin and this high-pitched like sound to really just like pound home the insanity and the mix of that with like joaquin phoenix fantastic performance Mm -hmm. i mean yeah the overall score of the movie is like i feel like it matches the tone of the city and like of the storyline and the end of things that are like going on it's chaotic it's like you know old and kind of just like classy but it's like there's obviously some like spookiness to Mm -hmm. it i guess (laughs) Yeah, and I would say that, like, psycho thrillers are my favorite genre. Oh, yeah. And we get, like, parts of that in this movie with the plot twist of what is real and what is just going on in his head. Yeah. With, like, the girl next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch, bunch of symbolism and parallels to the real world throughout oh, yeah. the entire movie, which are really great for, like, an, an, uh, a viewer because... It, like all art, it's like subjective, and we can interpret that the way we can if we we want. Yeah, like, if you can like, can. if you can relate to the movie, then that makes you more connected to it and gives you more of like you know you enjoy almost enjoy it more when you see that kind of like comparison from that movie in your life. Yeah, I like how this movie is R because I feel like not very many comic book movies are R, mm-hmm. and it makes it feel more realistic because these things are like actually happening with people. Oh yeah, in cities and stuff. It doesn't shy away from like its rating. Which like I think not, not everything is all light and fluffy, it. and the good guy wins every time. You know, like. especially with a story like Joker, where it mm. is going to be a like I I remember writing down my notes in this movie that it's just really sad mm-hmm. the entire thing. But we'll get to that later. That's yeah. a whole other thing. So I want to move on to something I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on, and that's the cast as well as the director. We'll start with the director, who is Todd Phillips. Who I was very surprised to see. It's a very his, interesting choice. But it's kind of like a kind of like Jordan Peele. How it's like yeah. you take somebody from comedy from Key and Peele and turn it into something that's super scary. Insane. And 
So, like, I would assume since you say it's a crazy um, choice, you know that he directed all the Hangover movies. Mm, exactly. Uh, he directed the 2004 movie Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Uh, and then he also did the 2016 movie War Dogs, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen that, but I've only heard great things about it. I know we watched The Hangover together, but are you familiar with some of his other works and how what you, you thought of those other works? Yes, I thought they were good, but I didn't think that his like directing ability was like at this level. Yeah. And kind of just like thinking back to like The Hangover, there are some kind of like nice like cinematography and like, you know, some... I wouldn't say parallels to the Joker, but those like long shots kind of thing of them just like, you know, passed out or something mm-hmm. that kind of have that kind of like artsy kind of vibe. And I, I just thought of this, but uh, in the movie he talks about, he's like, I thought that my life was a tragedy, but I now know that it's a comedy. So it's pretty interesting to take a comedic director yeah. and have him direct a tragedy. I wonder if he like saw himself as kind of like the joker in a way mm-hmm. because of that line or if that's just it's a just pure so coincidence double face yeah two face i see what you did there <laughs> nice little batman villain. <laughs> uh so obviously todd phillips did a fantastic job the movie got a bunch of rewards but i want to move on to the cast a little bit and obviously like all the performances are very very they're just great mm-hmm. but i want to focus on two of the bigger names in this movie so the first i want to start off is robert de niro as uh murray franklin Who's the talk show host in yeah. it? Uh, so, what are your thoughts on his performance, and what are your thoughts on like Robert De Niro's some of his movies? He personally, I haven't seen a bunch of his stuff, but like I know like what he's done, obviously, because he's one of the biggest actors of all time. You know? Yeah, but I thought he was he fit the role perfectly as like a talk show host because I could I could see him having a talk show. Yeah, the way he like interacts with people and builds conversation. I think it's like most of the time when I think of Robert De Niro, I think of the big bad Italian mob boss guy. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously he was in you know Irishman, Goodfellas, Godfather, Casino, just all these like is classic. He, is he a taxi driver? Is he? He wasn't taxi driver. That's his guy? big 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 big. Yeah, that's probably role. his like makeout uh, breakout role. Right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But he he's just always been seen as this big tough guy, mm-hmm. big tough Italian guy who will break your kneecaps. Yeah, he's he's kind of perfect for this because he's like he's a city guy. You know? Yeah, and I think it's like I mean, even though it's different because it's like he went from like you know typically a mob boss type guy to being like this like friendly talk show host. The like his swagger's kind of still there, and he's still like very much like a New York forget about it kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like great for his character. And as a huge fan of like Goodfellas, I really like his like performances and those kind of movies. I know you're not a huge like crime kind of like mob type movie mm-hmm. fan, but yeah. I, I, I can appreciate them for what they've done to cinema. Exactly. So other actor I want to discuss in the other lead role. For a movie this amazing, I can't say he stole the show, but like he kind of did because he was so fantastic in it. And mm-hmm. that's Joaquin Phoenix as yeah. Arthur Fleck slash the Joker. Yeah, I think he got a uh, actor of the year. He did. He got a bunch of awards like for this movie. So I don't think th- I think the movie lost to Parasite, I believe. Yes. But uh, because Parasite was it was great. And it was like insane that a foreign film was able to yeah, like, really, get as much really traction. Cool. We, we don't even need to get started on <laughs> don't get started because... on parasite because <laughs> they're, they're they're just cranking out great great stuff right oh now, yeah in terms of like horror and... but uh joaquin phoenix what are your thoughts okay first off what are your thoughts on him in this movie uh it was interesting to hear that he was cast as this because he's kind of like an older 
older guy, I guess. You could yeah, say. he was. Well, I mean, he's in his like late forties now, but mm-hmm. I mean, still like for being an origin story and him being older, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, acting wise, <laughs> you just blew it out of the water. Oh my gosh, it's he just made himself into like, and there was so much of this movie that like wasn't scripted that I don't think people realize. Like all the yeah. dancing stuff was they Come played the music and he's they're like. Figure it out. And it's like, I'd say some of the most memorable parts of his character. Because mm-hmm. you like, you just see him slowly lose grip on reality and doing these like interpretive dances. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that moment where you're just like, oh my gosh, like he's, oh my gosh, he's going off the edge. He's dancing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and all in the, the laughing condition. Yeah. It's, like, like, it's a clever way to do it as opposed to like, yeah, he fell in a vat of acid. Exactly. Like he actually has a condition that's real. Like if you look it up, there's videos of people that have uncontrollable left mm-hmm. it's and it's like sad to watch because of like how he's treated but we'll get into that later mm-hmm. but just overall he just plays that role fantastically but what are your thoughts on some of his other movies so he's in like gladiator obviously very popular film walk the line walk the line mr johnny cash <sighs> man in black such himself a, such a fantastic film mm-hmm. like he plays johnny cash so well singing voice oh it's beautiful he could make country music today and i would listen to it i would listen to down. it oh my god yeah uh, he was also in Signs, which M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think he plays his role pretty well. He was also in Brother Bear. Are you familiar with Brother Bear? <laughs> yes, I've seen He was in Brother Bear. Yeah. Fantastic film. Yeah, I, I didn't know that until recently. But, like, he just, you just look at all the movies he's been in, and he's just, he's great. And he's, like, a super, like, nice and humble guy, too. I know, like, when Joker was doing its run, he was, like, super gracious and, like, was, like, I... There's so many other actors like here that deserve this award. And mm-hmm. I'm so honored. I remember seeing a video where he'd like thanked like Christian Bale and was like, Christian, you literally like inspired me. Like you inspired yeah. all of us. And I was it's I, awesome. I was actually just about to bring up Christian Bale. And oh was, yeah. Uh because he does so many insane body transformations. And uh, you showed me a picture the other day of him and nowadays, like Joaquin Phoenix today yeah. versus when he filmed the Joker where he's skin and bone. Yeah. Eating an apple a day, like, that's all you got. Like, <laughs> and then, now he's, like, big for his next role, and I mean, it's kind of... It makes sense, because he's, like, hyped up on all these drugs, and yeah. he's poor, and it all... makes sense for him to be skinny. Yeah. And then, like, you know, he's able to just, like, play his role so well, and I think that's just... And thinking he's about very... it, I don't think there's any time throughout this movie you see him eat any food. No, I don't think he does. He's just chain-smoking cigarettes. He's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never really thought of it, but yeah, he's just like, and even then, like, his mom was like, oh, yeah, you need to eat. You're just a stick. And he's like, nah. And he smokes another cigarette. Exactly. Who who needs food when you have cigarettes? <laughs> I know I, I know I do. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I want to move on to the plot of the movie. And for this, we're just going to roll through the movie and then just talk about some different parts throughout the film and just kind of just like mm-hmm. run through everything that happens. So we start off with the introduction of Arthur Fleck, uh, whose face is painted for his job as a clown. And he just like, we start with him like forcing himself to smile and the tears running down his yeah. face. And uh, in that, so what he's doing, it he make, makes himself smile, but he also puts a frown on his face. Yeah. And like, I was thinking about it, like the, like the symbol for like drama and that sort of thing mm-hmm. is like a smiling face and a frowning face. Yeah. Which is also that the tragedy versus comedy of his character and you see that symbol a bunch throughout the film and it's it just starts it off so like 
well because you can see the city you can see that gotham like this gotham during the 80s and Mm -hmm. it's just crime ridden even before batman as we said but he's just a party clown for hire and he's just you can tell from the get-go he's miserable with Mm -hmm. his life and like his like saying in this is put on a happy face and that's literally what he's doing in the beginning is he's forcing himself to put on a happy face and you see him do it with bruce wayne when he meets him later yeah he's just it's it's just sad to see mm-hmm. his like character at the start, but then you see him like blossom. But we'll get into that. So then he gets his sign stolen by that group of delinquent kids, mm-hmm. and they chase after him, and then they just they just jump him, yeah, and then just beat him, and it's and it's so just sad to watch too, because then his flower starts leaking. Yeah, and I, I just, noticed that for the first time that it's like after he gets beat up, it almost it looks just, it looks red, like like he's bleeding, like oh that blood is oozing out of the. The fake flower, like, yeah, like the the gag flower that's on his on his chest. It is, it's intense though to start out and then he just gets beat and he's just destroyed and you're like, okay, this guy's not gonna have a fun time the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the score, which, as you mentioned earlier, is just fantastic. They play it throughout and it's just, it's just so unsettling but so well done mm-hmm. to where you just you just love it. So after that, we kind of see him like laughing uncontrollably at his therapist office and we kind of get introduced to the fact that he has this neurological disorder Mm -hmm. to where he can't like control his laughter at like inappropriate times yeah and he he's asking for the social worker to help like boost up his meds because even they they say he's on seven different medications and he wants to up it yeah and And they're just like like, we can't like i don't feel anything like i don't feel like i'm alive yeah and then like we get just it's just so many of just like red flags to start out with mm-hmm. him, like the medication. And then he like has his journal, which mm-hmm. he also uses as a joke book and he wants to pursue a career in stamp comedy, which great on him. He has better aspirations than becoming a like a clown for hire. Good for him. But there's just a lot of just like, it's just, you can tell the man is struggling. And he has like, I mean, one of the quotes in his journal is, I just hope that my death more makes more sense than my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that just is like a recurring kind of like statement throughout the film. And the way he spells it is sense, like money sense. Like, I hope my death makes more money than my life does because he's broke as fuck. That could be that too. <laughs> or he's just really bad at spelling. Hooked mm-hmm. on phonic did not help him. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the, that, that part while he's writing the drunk. Oh, yeah. Just notice some stuff. And it does come back later. But um, it also says that he was like, a mental hospital patient at one point and he was like yeah that was so much better than being on seven drugs at once yeah and you, you they, they cut to that and it's just him banging his head on the glass which is like you would think that like they keep him there mm-hmm. at that point it's yeah. just kind of just it's a lot uh he has like the scene on the bus where he's like laughing and it kind of just like yeah and he they, gives, out, gives out his card which yeah it like they tell us about it his like condition but then they actually show it in action to almost give it more of like an emotional drive behind it because you're just like so uncomfortable watching it Mm -hmm. you're just like oh it just hurts to watch Mm because he just he wants to stop but he just can't yeah and it shows him being nice to this little kid trying to make him laugh and the mom's just like no leave him alone unless it shows like even when he's trying to treat people nice people are being mean to him for no reason it's just that's how gotham is it's just Mm -hmm. everyone's just bad yeah. everyone's just mean and no one is civilized yeah. as he says later but and then he walks up that very long set of stairs which is no yeah i picked up a, a, sim- a little symbolism oh yeah in that so it's like as he's climbing those stairs it's kind of symbolic of him getting higher on all the drugs and then later in the film when he comes when he's dancing down the stairs he's not on any of his pills he's 
finally coming down from all the drugs that have been manipulating him. And now he's just Arthur. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Joker. Yeah, but, he's Joker at that point. But it's just like the different tone from them, like him walking up those stairs to walking down them later. Is yeah, it's, it's all day. rainy and gloomy. And sad. And then just like when it does, it just, the music's on, mm-hmm. he's dancing. It's it's incredible Like that they just took the set of stairs. Just like, yeah, we're going to do something with that. So we go, and he goes into his apartment, and we meet his elderly mother, Penny. And she's just obsessed with Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. whom she worked for 30 years before. But she writes regularly to them. And it's like, why? That makes no sense. But we learn later. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time we see Arthur starting to fantasize things in his head. Yeah, because then we get the talk show with Murray, and he just has this like imagination of him like in the studio talking mm-hmm. to Murray. And uh, he has to fantasize about these things because his real life is just such such trash. Yeah. And he has to, like, wish things that could happen in order to, like, get through every day. Yeah, because he just – and maybe it's also, like, a kind of the drugs, too. He's just, like – because of it, he's, like, fantasizing about these things and he doesn't see reality for how it is. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's just, like, has to make these scenarios so that he can get through the day, which (sighs) – it's just sad. Yeah, it's heavy. So then we go to Arthur back at work, and he's talking about getting mugged, and one of his co-workers gives him a gun to protect him if he gets mugged again. Nothing can go wrong there. No. And there, <laughs> there, before before he talks to his co-worker, yeah. they show him, and this was a super eerie and I think super creative like sound effect, but mm-hmm. it's him sitting there, and you, sh- you see his back all beaten and skinny, and he's, he's pulling the laces out yeah. on his clown shoes, and you just hear the leather stretching, and it's just like, oh, it's so unsettling. Yeah. The sound design in this film is just, it really gets your spine tingled. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that entire thing was just. And then uh, you see him go and talk to his boss. And who gets another complaint, and he's just like. And th- this is where this I was, was talking the music about. Part. Yeah. Where he doesn't get fired at this point. Right? No, that's later. That's later on. But, uh, yeah, you see him put this giant ear-to-ear smile on his face. But you, just, you see in his eye, it's just like all the pain and misery oh. in his life. And, like, his eyes almost, like, start to water like he's about to cry. And then it just, like, cuts to him in the alleyway, kicking the trash in frustration. Mm-hmm. So he's just trying to hold it all together. But he goes up the stairs again. And then we get to the elevator where he meets single mom Sophie and mm-hmm. her daughter. And they share, like, a sentiment for, like, hating the building. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much it. Like, you know, we well, just share that yeah. sentiment. And then it's just really awkward. But, yeah. And at this point, we think it's real, but... Who knows? It could have been in his head because later on in the film we learn everything is in his head. Like uh, with this neighbor, yeah. Uh, and he talks to his mom again and she's like convinced that Thomas Wayne's a good man and he'd hate to see us living in this dump. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, right, lady. Go go enjoy your spunk bath. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you see him following this lady around. And mm-hmm. I noticed that like as his mother, her condition worsens and she like becomes less more delusional more delusional and more in a bed he needs to fill that role of a woman in his life with so, sophie so he starts to fantasize about sophie being in his life yeah and it just gets worse and worse but while he's watching the tv he starts playing with that revolver mm-hmm. and he starts dancing with it and it's just like it's unsettling and it goes back to what you said about the dancing like 
it was not even planned. He just did it. Mm-hmm. And it really adds a lot to like the just eeriness of it. And you're just concerned almost. Uh, but then, like you said, he like does a little bit of light stalking on Sophie, which is really creepy. But then we go to the stand-up club where he's doing a stand-up routine. Yeah, yeah. Yay! And you see him uh, beforehand. You see him. Uh, well, not for his. He was just taking notes there. But yeah, yeah. He's when, at 13. When he's taking notes. So in, in the beginning, <laughs> you see him taking notes with his right hand. And then his like whole demeanor changes. Like, like yeah, like just like that. And he starts acting all weird. Mm-hmm. And then he switches and writes the punchline with his left hand. Oh. So it's like it's the other side of him being revealed and he writes yeah my life makes no sense or whatever whatever you, you quoted like split earlier. personality kind of thing mm-hmm. interesting i didn't notice that so that's a pretty interesting sentiment but yeah he's there and he's just not laughing when he's supposed to and it's just like really evident that he's not a comedian oh i, I did write it down he says the worst part of having a mental is illness is people expect you to beha- behave as if you don't yeah which is like that's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, the more you think about it, the heavier it gets. Like. Exactly. <laughs> and it really shows it throughout the movie, like that kind of just like how the, the society and how society in general treats them like mental illness and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it like kind of sneaks that in there like, hey, we're going to talk about this, but not like, you know, explicitly, which is clever. Because it's not something a lot of people like to talk about. It's like kind of like taboo to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's good that they decide to kind of tackle that, I think. Uh, and then he gets, you know, he's at back at his, you know, apartment, and Sophie comes up, buzzes the door, invites him on stand-up shows. Surely that happened, you know, right? <laughs> Delusion was, was, was it real? Probably not. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but we see him doing his clown stuff at the hospital. It's like, yay, everyone's happy. They're dancing, and then the gun falls out of his pocket. Yeah, he's doing some stomping, and then he just drops <laughs> out of his pants. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets fired because Randall sold him out for the gun and he gets fired from his job. And then we see sad Arthur riding the subway home. Yeah, it's like another step of, of like the world being against him. Yeah. And like the more the world is against him, the more insane and mad he becomes. And then we get where he's on the subway. Mm-hmm. A group of drunk businessmen harassing lady. He starts having his laughing fit. Yeah. Oh no, Arthur, bad time for that because yeah. here, here they come singing Send the Clowns, which... I remember them like showing that in the trailers, and I was really hoping that'd be a part of the film a lot more because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so eerie, especially when they walk forward and do it. That they could have easily put it in there a couple more times, but either way, very eerie, almost like you know, um, foreshadowing to the later, you know, the later riots of like the people in the clown mask. But then they just start beating him up, and he decides to fight back, and then just executes him. Yeah. Shoots two, and then chases down the other one. And it's like, and at this point, it's like you see these people treating Arthur like awfully. Yeah. And you almost feel bad for him in like his situation, even though he just killed like, what was it, three people? Exactly. Yeah. Like he's like, we know that the Joker is like supposed to be a villain, Mm -hmm. but he's like, they show him, I wouldn't say in a light that makes him a good guy, but you feel so terrible for him, even though he's such an off like he's like going to end up being like he just killed three people and he's gonna end up being like one of the craziest villains of all time and then it's uh, interesting yeah then you see him run away and he finds like a bathroom somewhere in the subway station and he just has this coming out moment where he just releases everything and i wonder if this was a moment where it's like almost like his drugs like wore off yeah maybe or maybe his drug now 
is his passion mm-hmm. for life. Yeah, because he said <laughs> he says later on that he doesn't feel bad for any of the things that he does. Yeah, and this this is where we see his first like full blown dance with the eerie scoring. We see him so, like we see the formation from Arthur to Joker, and uh, the the last shot of it is uh, Tim standing looking at himself in the mirror with his arms up, and it's like this is you now. He's like, free. Like he's saying to himself, like this is what you. This is what we. This is what be. the world has made you turn into. And it like it's kind of just a brief little like instance of that but then you see it kind of grow as the film goes on mm-hmm. but this is the starting moment this is the spark uh and then he just goes to sophie's apartment and they make love but <laughs> is it really so he goes back to his uh workplace to get his stuff and reveals like to everyone that randall sold the gun and was just like you know what i'm about to blow this popsicle stand yeah. and he starts punching like the machine. oh i love that he's like oh i forgot <laughs> to punch out and then just starts wailing on on the Time card machine. <laughs> yeah. And then he d- has the sign where it's like, don't forget to smile. And he just colors it in where it just says, don't smile. Yeah. And he's like, almost just like saying to society, stop faking the happiness. We know this is a shithole. Stop it. Mm. Don't smile. There's nothing to be happy yeah. about here. Not in this city. Never. Unless you're rich and wearing a suit. Which, speaking of which, they go home and watch the news and they talk about how the three men work for Wayne Enterprises. And Thomas Wayne condemns it, and his mom's like, "Yep, that's Thomas Wayne. He's yeah. he's always right. He never would do us wrong." Um, and you see people that are making money or are relevant, I guess you could say, yeah, are noticed when they die. But those who don't are never noticed. Like I'm sure in big cities, there's homeless people or oh, low-income yeah. people that die all the time, and you would never even hear never. about it. But if some tax broker or something like that <laughs> big big suit yeah, guy. yeah wall street guy died like it'd be all over the news exactly and it's just like and then he also is just like anyone who supports them is a clown mm-hmm. and it's and like, that's hmm. kind of what forms all these riots and everybody yeah. wearing clown masks it's like you want to call us a clown we'll act like clowns. okay fine yeah it's like but and then we go to him just kind of deteriorating mm-hmm. mentally and he goes to his like you know therapist, but yeah, the social worker, and lady. he's like, "All I have are negative thoughts." Yeah, which like, I wouldn't say he says it outright during this like till this point in the movie, but this is like where he's like, "Yeah, everything you suspected wrong with me, yeah, it's bad." Mm-hmm. And he says that uh, up until the other day, he didn't even know if he existed, and like he doesn't he doesn't know that uh, he exists until he kills people. Yeah, and now he's like, I feel recognized. This and is my he, legacy. He didn't notice that he was alive until he saw himself in the mirror in that bathroom. He didn't realize that he was alive until someone else was dead. Yeah, actually. <laughs> um, oh, in uh, in this in the social worker scene, mm-hmm. he like throughout the whole movie, he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and you see him smoking it, and then the ash falls off at the at like the end of the cigarette, like mm-hmm. the butt or whatever. Uh, and. I feel like that would be insanely hard to pay that much like attention to detail if it was a CGI cigarette. Yeah. So, so he's, I have actually he's actually chain-smoking cigarettes throughout this entire movie. It would make sense given his like body type. He's just like... To help get rid of his appetite. You know? <laughs> exactly. Mmm, yummy cigarettes. Mm. <laughs> breakfast, honey, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mmm, honey, wake up. You forgot your Marlboro Reds. <laughs> So he has a stand-up routine, which, let's just cut to it, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It just, he laughs the whole time. It's painful to watch. Yeah, and 
you see him like he's like it's almost like dry heaving yeah but from laughter and he like he's like like holding his throat like he he's, like, like he's trying to stop he wants himself it, he wants it to stop yeah and then, like, I think it's really interesting. It goes back to his delusion because, like, Sophie's there. She's not mm-hmm. actually there. And then they, like, hang out and, like, have a date afterwards. Yeah, but also it's, like, he, like, this, like, triumphant music starts playing almost like he's succeeding. Yeah, like, in his head he's doing In his head job. he is killing it. This mm-hmm. man is, you know, it's like an Adam Sandler stand-up routine during his SNL days. <laughs> or something. Uh, and then, I I wrote this down because I was in history. We start to see him incorporate that kind of, like, maroonish purple into his uniform mm-hmm. into like his like daily clothing almost implying his like start of transformation yeah so we start seeing that and then as he's walking down the street he just sees the clown mask in the taxi which could be a delusion or it could just be like an indication that the start of the clowns have kind of like risen mm-hmm. which beautiful uh and then his like him and his mom start talking and he opens up one of his le- the letters and in the letter and he claims that Arthur is Thomas Wayne's illegitimate son, mm-hmm. which he just gets angry at for not telling the truth. And then he's like, I got to go talk to Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Which. And he goes and meets Bruce Wayne. Like yeah. young Bruce Wayne that will later turn into Batman. Which it's like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is, is where the, like the age difference that I, I, people have problems with. Yeah. Like, if, if Bruce Wayne is that young, how old is the Joker going to be? Yeah, is he going to be like a 60-year-old man kind yeah, of like, thing? Is he the actual Joker or is he the guy that inspires <laughs> Batman's just... the actual Joker that will be... And if the Batman's. actual, if so, is the actual Joker amongst like the cult of Jokers mm-hmm. that we mentioned earlier. But yeah, that would imply that Batman's beating up like a 60-something-year-old man. Because let's say Joaquin Phoenix accurately depicted his age in this movie, so he's like 45. Mm-hmm. And like, th- let's say 20 years from now, he becomes Batman. Yeah, that's a 65-year-old man. He is a 65-year-old getting... man getting his ass kicked by Batman. Exactly. On the night. <laughs> and uh, we also meet, uh, like, a young Alfred right now. Yeah. And he tells Bruce that he's like, Penny Fleck? Yeah, she's a nut. Yeah, she's, she's crazy. crazy. She's delusional. And, and like, there's never a relationship. This is the first time I was hearing that his mother is not right in the head. Like, he yeah. had no idea. He thought she, she was just an old lady. And... Yeah. You know, a quiet old lady. And right after coming back from talking about this with Alfred, he like he finds his mother like she has a stroke. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, great, one more thing to add on to his stress." Yeah, he goes to the hospital, and those two detectives question him about the murders. As this is going on, his just stress levels are through the roof. He's got worried. He doesn't have a job anymore. His mom's in the hospital. Everything's a lie. He's losing his mind. There's no medication, and it's just all just like surrounding him at this point and uh he sees what did you say the neighbor's name was sophie sophie he sees so- sophie sitting next to him and here's another instance where the less that his mother's in his life the more sophie is exactly the more involved like mm-hmm. in that sense uh and then we see he's watching tv just all icing on the cake he's watching the murray show and what happens he just makes fun of arthur's routine and he's pissed he's mm-hmm. like and he's laughing at his own his own jokes and stuff. Yeah. And then we get like a um the news later also says that there's like protests uh against Thomas Wayne and it's just like Arthur has started a revolution. And it's just like insane. Yeah. After all that like Thomas Wayne stuff, he sneaks into the theater to talk to him and he tells him that he's not his father. You're adopted when she was working with like Bruce like the Waynes and that uh, she was admitted to Arkham State Hospital at one point. 
and he's just like mm-hmm. Arthur's just gone off the deep. He crawls into his fridge. Yeah, I was about, I was about to bring that up. That like he just tears everything out of his fridge and he just closes the door. <laughs> like he's just so tired of the world and like his phone's constantly ringing from the detectives. And yeah, he's just, he's just so tired of it. He just wants to get away. He just he's done. Uh, and then he gets a call from Murray, and they're like, "Hey, we want you on the show." And he's like, "Oh, I'll go on the show." Yeah. Sure, let's go on the show. The show. But only before that, he goes to investigate like more on his mother. And we find out that his mom was in Arkham State Hospital for the fact that she was delusional, a narcissist, and she allowed him to get beaten by her abusive boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then he just, she never accepted that he was a adopted kid. And he was just like. Yeah, because up until this point, he had no idea that he was adopted. Yeah. She never told him. And she just makes up the story in her own, like, in her mind that Thomas Wayne's the father. He was just beaten as a child and suffered because of it. And it's just so just. Mm -hmm. He's so defeated. Yeah. At this point, because it's like everything in his life has just been a lie. He's going delusional because of the pills. Nothing is real. He's having this existential crisis. It's just everything is falling apart for him. And then he goes to Sophie's apartment. Like, at least there's that saving grace. I can go back to my girl. Nope. Doesn't recognize him for a second. And is like, I don't know. Like, you're the guy from the apartment. What are you doing in my house? Yeah, plot twist. She's not involved in this life. And they go back and they show those scenes. And like, when she's not there. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like is kind of like, almost like, are you, um, I assume you've seen the movie The Sixth Sense. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of gave me vibes of that a little bit rewatching it because, like, you know, throughout the movie, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis is dead the entire time in Sixth Sense. I see dead people. <laughs> but the entire movie, we see him there, but no one acknowledges him. So I feel like that's a soft callback to that because, like, Sophie's there, but no one really, like, interacts with her or talks to her while she's, like, with him, with him in these places where they're like talking so he goes back and just has a mental breakdown and he just visits his mother the next day and he's like you've destroyed my life yeah. you've let me become this kills his mom he just smothers her with a pillow and it's just like <sighs> he's like i thought my life was a tragedy but now i know it's a comedy exactly it's like i feel like at that point bone chilling <laughs> boom flip the script he's no longer sad and he's starting he's, he's off the meds now and he's starting to actually turn to the Joker and, and he's, become a happier He's guy. starting to become this, like, villain. Mm-hmm. And he just goes back to watch the Murray episodes, plans out the show, plans out everything in his mind, and he's like, I'm going to commit suicide on the show. I'm that crazy. And then we get the scene. I think this is one of the most, like, artistic, beautiful scenes in the whole film, where we see him, like, doing this dancing, and he's just dyeing his hair, painting his face. He's becoming the Joker that we know and love. Well, before, it was kind of just like, yeah, it's cra- he's a crazy dude, but I don't see the Joker. Yeah, yeah. And now he's like, all right, that's what we're yeah, here yeah. for, I'm, baby. I'm put my green hair in, and he paints his face white, and you see him like put the paintbrush oh, on yeah. his tongue. And and it's he's like, like ooh, <laughs> spooky. But uh, mid sequence, just gets a ring at the door. Yeah, yeah. This scene, I've, this has never actually happened to me. You know, like the saying, like, oh, I was on the edge of my seat in the theaters. I remember this very <laughs> vividly. I was actually like on the edge of my seat. Just, not, like what is gonna happen like this is a crazy he grabs man. the scissors and he's yeah. like there's there are these people that he knows and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah i'm off my medication like oh yeah oh sorry if you don't know what's going on right now uh two of his clown friends from work come visit him yeah to just say sorry about the law and loss he's just like yeah I'm, I'm pretty good i'm celebrating mm-hmm. it <laughs> it's 
Like, I feel great, actually. I feel like as it goes on, they get more and more on edge. Mm-hmm. And then he just busts out the knives and just, or the or scissors, scissors and then just bashes his head against... It's so gruesome, but it's like, it's... And I noticed, so, in this scene, he's got just the white makeup on. Yeah. And after he bashes the guy's head in or whatever, you see, like, the contrast of the the clown's blood that he just killed on his white makeup. And yeah. it's just popping. And then we get probably the funniest part of the entire movie. Yeah, but Gary's, you're still on the edge of your seat because you don't so, know what he's going to do. It's so dark, mm-hmm. but it's like <laughs> Gary starts freaking out and he's like, you can go. And then he just is like, ah. Yeah. And then he starts screaming and he can't reach the lock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, Arthur, he's like, can you let me out? And he's like, you're always good to me, Gary. Kisses and he just head. opens the door. <laughs> But it's so dark. And he only cracks the door. And he just stares at him. He's yeah. like, oh, is he going to kill him? Is he going to kill him? He, It's not like he's, I mean, he's crazy, obviously. But he doesn't want to kill everybody. He, he just wants to kill those that deserve it. They deserve it and that have been mean to him in his life, like the other clown guy. Gary was a good man. Shout out Gary. I know he's listening. <laughs> uh, and then we see him make his full transformation. And he starts dancing around the stairs, as we said previously. Beautiful scene. Finally off the drugs, coming down from the drugs, going down the stairs. Down the stairs. Down the stairs. Exactly. In, in, the, in the background, you see it. It's kind of blurry and out of focus, but you see the two detectives watching him yeah. at the top of the stairs. They're like, what is he doing? All right, let's talk to him. He's just having time of his life. And then they chase after him into the subway. Blends into the group of clown protesters, and there's just a big protest in town. And he just blends right into the mm-hmm. crowd. And it's very slick and it's very smooth. And after this scene with the detectives on the train, they get all beat up by the mob. Yeah, of after shooting a guy. And yeah. it's arguably my favorite shot in the whole movie. You see it, it's like super far. And you see him walking, smoking a cigarette with huge Past the SWAT units. Yeah, and there's a, there's a bunch of overhead lights because he's walking out of the subway station. And it's just him walking with that eerie music. Oh, yeah. But it's... The eerie music, but he's still happy now at this point. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful shot. It well lit and he's just walking. He's just walking straight through it. It's just, and then it's he uh then he goes to the merry show. Yep. And then they give him a brief rundown and he's just like kinda just like, Oh, could you introduce me as the Joker? And then that's like the Leonardo DiCaprio like finger pointing meme. It's mm-hmm. like oh, he said the title. But it is because that's what that's what he said to him. He called him he a joker him on his show, and he's like, show, yeah. no, you know what? Call and, me. And on the mirror, you see written in makeup is put on the happy face. Which was a reference from earlier. Yeah, while he's sitting there, he's just chilling. He, he pulls out the revolver and oh yeah, pretend, like, he's, pulls the trigger and kills himself. He's you know? not afraid. And he literally, like, like, he gets introduced. By the way, fantastic entrance. Oh, yeah. In the scene, so, another beautiful shot is when he's standing there before it's about to open. You see, and he like poses behind the curtain. Yeah, you see the the, the colored curtains. They're the same color as his makeup, like, and then it the just red, like, white, and blue or whatever. Well, I think it was, yeah, it was like this color similar to like what he was wearing, and mm-hmm. then he just does his little pose, and yeah. it's just so, like you said, there's so many shots in this film, and the cinematography is so beautiful that that's like something where you take a screenshot of that, and that could be a wallpaper. Mm-hmm. It's all just like. It's just beautiful. It's art. Fantastic entrance. He's like, he's strutting yeah. around doing his thing. Does some spin. Just starts making out with the old lady. Yeah. It's like, hell yeah. And she's just standing there. She's like, what Whoa. just happened? And he's like, are you okay? Uh, and then he like, you know, Murray's like, 
why don't you read some of your material? And it's just super morbid and dark and doesn't mm. land. But that's what he wants to do. And then he just, like, he, admits... He finally gets to vent about all the bad things that are happening in the city and that are happening to him. He admits to the murders, which he's like, that's not funny. And he's like, it's he's like, it's a joke, and I am laughing. Mm-hmm. And then he just rants about society made him into the man that he is. Gotham's terrible. They treat people terribly. The mentally ill and downtrodden are treated just like trash. And then he's just... And something that I did not expect, and I actually dropped my like my, dropped my jaw drop <laughs> in the movie theater. Right, he just turns to Murray and then just pop. Oh yeah, shoots him in the he head. He criticizes him, gets pissed. He's like, "How about another joke?" Mm-hmm. And then he just, oh, it's just a culmination of everything. And he just pops him on live TV. Yeah, and they show all the different news stations saying because Murray Franklin is the is the talk show host by uh, Luna or uh, Robert De Niro. He's obviously like this is a huge show. Like it's late night. Like that would be like if it. like a Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, let's like say. Jimmy Fallon gets shot in the head on live <laughs> TV, and they're like. All the other news networks like this is what happened. Warning, this is gruesome, and and then just like and then as that's being shown on the screens, riots are just ensuing in the streets. Everything is chaos. You know, Joker's in the cop cars, fires ignite, Mm -hmm. and he's like, "Ain't it beautiful?" Mm -hmm. And then the cops are like, "You're terrible. Yeah, you caused this." He's like, "I know. (laughs) I'm so happy." And then boom, his car car crash. He gets pulled from the wreckage. And then he stands up on the car. I love this, love this part. <sighs> but he, so after the car accident, his makeup's kind of all washed off because he was just in the but car you, accident. Yeah, it's not like perfect as it was before, but it's still there too, mm. where you can tell. But yeah. And his mouth's all bloody and he just he t- <sighs> takes his fingers, puts them in his mouth and with the blood in his mouth, because his mouth's all bloody from the car accident. Yeah. He puts a smile on his face. And he it's just and it looks like because before like it looked very clean like he did it himself mm-hmm. but i think when he did this smile himself and just painted it with the blood it looked like almost like heath ledger's joker's like yeah. smile with it where it's kind of just like messy and it was just like i think this is at this point this is when he secured the title of the clown prince of crime yeah like this is where he became like he was joker but this is where he's like the joker mm-hmm. this is the guy we also get a little scene where Thomas Wayne and his wife are in an alley. Surely nothing will happen. Psych. Murdered. Yeah. Who would have seen that coming? Bruce Literally Stanley. every single person who's seen Batman. Yeah. Too. But I think that's a kind of interesting little thing. Because I think we've always heard that he was just murdered by some common street criminal. Mm-hmm. But now it's shown like, oh. It could yeah, be. It was a, it was a Joker. Yeah. One of the Joker guys. So I think that was a cool little addition. Especially with like all the Wayne stuff on the side. Nice little bow and then we finally see him in the arkham state hospital laughing to himself and she's like well it's so funny he's like you wouldn't get it mm-hmm. it's so eerie and the movie finishes off we see him leave the room with the bloody footprints and then he's being chased by an orderly as he tries to escape yeah. the prison which that that red like like the bloody footprints is just such a smooth yeah like on the white floor it's another like it pops out. Yeah, it's another contrasting thing with that white and red, like with the makeup and his blood earlier. Yeah, it it's art. It's beautiful. So, and then the movie ends, mm-hmm. and we hope for more potentially. Potentially, yeah. If they make another one, I just hope they don't ruin it. Yeah, I feel like there's. I feel like it's easy to go for it because it's a cash grab. Because like obviously this one, I mean, this movie made like is it the over most, a billion dollars. Is it the most successful rated R film? I believe yeah. it's up there. Yeah, as we say, it's got to be like top three. I mean, 
terms of like grossing films for like radar yeah so actually uh like out of all the radar films like the highest grossing one this one sweeps the competition really so the joker is at over a billion dollars 1.074 uh and then the second is deadpool which is at a still impressive deadpool 2 the first one was is like number three but deadpool's at two and three both at 280 million Mm -hmm. deadpool 2 is like four million more but and then matrix reloaded then it and then yeah which is still crazy and personally i'm a big fan of rated r film yeah and in the comic book setting like logan was insanely good because they like took that step to make it rated r because of the character and it didn't seem like it was unnecessary yeah like, like they put it they made it rated r but they gave it a rated R like rating for a reason. And Logan, like you said, I mean, Joker's number one, Deadpool one and two are two and three out of highest grossing R rated movies. Logan's number seven. Yeah. Like I mean what are the other ones? Is this of just comic book movies? This is just in general. Oh okay. So it is the highest grossing like Joker's the highest grossing R rated film of all time. And if the top three rated R if this list is correct. But yeah, if the, top, if the top three on the list of radar films are comic book movies, you would I, think that someone would get the yeah, idea exactly. to do it, keep doing it. But mm-hmm. oh, well. like I wish we knew better. Sorry. That's yeah. I think it still did fine with its PG thirteen rating, mm-hmm. but it's another, yeah. another another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um. So after going through that and hearing some of your like thoughts, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Joker in particular, particularly his depiction in the movies. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on some of the different Joker depictions over the years? And what do you kind of think about this performance and how it stacks up against the others? Uh, so, well, let's just talk about like his makeup and costume. I feel like because, kind of like with Batman, how it's been done so many times, it's kind of hard to make him look unique. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they did that. Like, they changed, like, rather than him wearing his, like, stereotypical purple and green. Yeah. Like, he's wearing, like, the red and yellow with the green shirt, like I thought, like the costume design was actually really, really well done. Yeah, his, his makeup was sweet. The way like, it was smooth. One of them, one of his like the, like one of the eyes had yeah like one of the, the arrows or whatever you want to call like them. cry mark almost. Yeah, like it, it, it's like dripping down his face, like he's crying. Like yeah, he, he did in the very first shot of the movie. It's just I feel like it's the cleanest we've ever seen the Joker's makeup, mm-hmm. and it just looks like a perfect clown kind of like yeah. getup. While you know, which I think it's pretty well accepted that Heath Ledger is one of, if not the best, depiction of the Joker. I think in my, that's my pretty, opinion, I think he, he is. He I think he, he is I, best. I thought that after watching this, Joaquin was, and I still think he's definitely up there with one of the best Joker performances, but Heath's is just maybe it's just nostal- like kind of nostalgia, maybe mm-hmm. it's just like our generation, Yeah. but Heath Ledger's commitment and not to say that Joaquin Phoenix wasn't because as you mentioned earlier he was very committed to this role but Heath Ledger like died over this role literally yeah to an extent yeah <laughs> but he his role is just on he just took it to a different zone yeah he's not uh, even in the like league. the acting well acting in general as a crazy person is an extremely hard task but if you like if you so commit if you to do it, it correctly you're gonna get an award for it which oh both, yeah both of them did like he he Ledger got it for best supporting role yeah that, that's what he was in the movie he was yeah was this the first time the joker got a standalone film mm-hmm. okay yeah. 
like uh, up until this point, the Joker has just been like a side character, but in this movie, we're able to see him for just him and what he's actually going through compared to just him causing havoc and dealing with Batman. And I feel like this is one of the few like villains that we could get that movie with. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, like I mentioned earlier, Joker's not just like one of the best, like like one of the most popular DC guys. One of the most popular in comics, and I would, like I said earlier, argue one of the most like famous Mm -hmm. villains in all of pop culture history. Batman and Joker are like two most recognizable. Is one of the most recognizable rivalries Mm -hmm. in pop culture, I would say. Yes, people like to see insanity. I guess you could say everyone's got that little Joker side. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's got to go werewolf, as he said. Uh, but back to the Joker thing. Obviously, Joaquin's fantastic. I think he stacks up amongst the great Jokers. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on Heath Ledger? Because I briefly mentioned it. But what are your thoughts on Heath? Well, Heath Ledger in general is a, one of my favorite actors. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. And it's crazy because he's in previous roles. He's just He was thought of as like a heartthrob guy. You know, like he was in 10 Things I Hate About You mm-hmm. and Knight's Tale and uh, Brokeback Mountain, like stuff like that, like fluffy stuff, you know? Yeah. And then you put him in this and everybody's like, what? Heath Ledger, the, like the, the, the heartthrob guy? The, what are you talking about? The gay cowboy guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and then you put makeup on him and scars on his face and it's like, whoa. Whoa, he's scary. Like, you're, you're, you're actually able to see the full extent of what his acting ability is. I feel like this is where we've seen the Joker the most like unhinged and insane. Mm-hmm. Like obviously we saw glimpses of that in this, but for the most part it seemed like he kind of had control and was just very flowy in mm-hmm. this movie. And that he was just like Well this is like a origin story for the Joker. Like, yeah. And how he became it. And like, in the Dark Knight he's he's established full, full as a Joker. Joker, full mob boss, doing what he wants to do. Scary. When he wants to do it. And he's so funny in that too. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like the one with the pencil. Yeah. Ta-da! Make a pencil disappear. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little jazz hands. <laughs> I, but yeah, Heath is just obviously... We could go on for a while, but Heath it's is just, just fantastic. Or the scene where uh, he's talking to Rachel. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and in that scene, that was the first time that actress had seen him full oh. makeup. She had never seen him. She hadn't <laughs> seen him as the character. That yet. must be scarring. Yeah. Like, you can see it on her face that like... She's so uncomfortable. And oh, yeah. He walks in, grabs her face. He's like, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> My father. Yeah. Uh, I think before we move on, Jack Nelson, I just had to point out the scene from that movie where mm-hmm. he has the mask on and Two-Face doesn't realize it's the Joker. Yeah. And then he takes it off and then realizes <laughs> it is. Oh, it's me. Not like he didn't have full face paint on. Yeah. I digress. Um... Another performance that kind of sticks out in my mind was Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker, mm-hmm. which I think it's more the goofier kind of side. Yeah. Kind of reminiscent a little bit of the Adam West kind of Batman. I mean, but you have to like look at like what the movie itself is. Exactly. And the movie as itself is like more more comedic and more goofy and like the whole Gotham that they're in isn't I mean, it's like, isn't the Gotham it's in the Timber. Joker. Yeah, so exactly. It's weird. It's like got kind of that like, you know, German expressionist kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it. And it, it's a movie for kids when I feel like this Joker movie is a film for adults. It's like an edgy teenager movie is what I think that Batman movie kind mm-hmm. of is like an edgy teen. But it was like, I've really, I've 
love Jack Nicholson as an yeah. actor. Shining's my favorite movie of Another all time. Another instance of an actor portraying a crazy person, you know. Like, yeah, and he's and done it like so many times. Yeah, if, if done well, like you, you Shining, for it. one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like, and he played the Joker well, and he played him in a very goofy sense too, which I think was pretty beneficial to the role. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's just a great movie. So, are there any other Jokers that kind of come to your mind? I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, those are the main stream ones that everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like the Jared Leto one. Um, I mean, I, I like his tattoos, and that I think those are pretty cool and yeah. creative. Like he's got like the smile on his hand and puts it over his I face. I think that's I cool. That it makes him like a cool. modern mob boss. The damage tats a little much, but yeah, the mm. smile on his face is pretty cool. Uh, but. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what is that the count from sesame street yeah. <laughs> uh and then obviously mark hamill's as a voice actor for the jokers great mm-hmm. it's very like when he's calls him batsy it's yeah, just like yeah, Ooh. And, and that whole batman animated series is fantastic the dynamics just fan it's just beautiful so after all that fun i kind of want to open the floor up to you and you know what some other things that we might not cover just things you enjoy about the movie some kind of like final thoughts on the film Mm -hmm. as a whole parallels to the real world i I know we kind of touched on that but there's a bunch throughout the whole movie oh yeah with insanity and what actually happens with people versus what happens in comic book movies Mm because you don't see it because like you said it's like taboo like people don't want to talk about it yeah but in this it's like i'm gonna shove this in your face this is the real world yeah it's very realistic Mm -hmm. and doesn't shy away from that which is respectable well ladies and gents that's all we have for you today thank you very much to our guest hudson Tafalski for coming on today great conversation uh and thank you all very much for listening our next episode will be coming out in a few weeks so you're not going to miss it because we'll have another fun time with another great guest i've been your host ben harbauer We'll see you next time.